Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation, as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction, starring score baseball insider Bruce Levine and half of Chicago's number one sports morning show, David Haw, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, a radio.com Sports Station, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. A happy Saturday morning, Chicago, five days away from opening day, and we are bringing you baseball talk here on Inside the Clubhouse. I am David Haw with Bruce Levine, broadcasting live through the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers, and we are closing uh, in on opening day, Bruce, and we have lots of stuff going on. We have the implications of the Eloy Jimenez injury. We have... Uh, Anthony Rizzo with some contract chatter, and we have overnight a report from ESPN that the Cubs will start their second baseman, presumably the starting second baseman in a lot of people's minds, Nico Horner at the alternate site. We've got a lot of baseball conversation to cover in the next two hours. How are you doing this morning, buddy? I'm doing great, David. Uh, Great being with you like we are every Saturday, 52 weeks out of the year, talking baseball on Inside the Clubhouse. And as David said, uh, this is your show, the Chicago baseball fan, and we can be contacted at 312-644-6767. David, let's uh, jump right in uh, to the uh, story that uh, ESPN put out last night that Nico Horner will not be uh, with the team, not on the 26-man roster, starting at the alternate site or via uh, AAA baseball minor leagues to start the season. Your first impression, your first reaction. You can call it the alternate site. I would call it oblivion. Uh, it's baseball oblivion <laughs> right now. Okay, so I would think that my first reaction was, why do you have a competition at a position that is your most unsettled position? Why do you have a competition if it's rigged? Nico Warner, Nico Horner won the competition. Nico Horner is not being rewarded for winning that competition. That's a bad look. I understand why. Everybody understands why. There's 36 days he needs to spend in the minors so the Cubs get an extra year of contract control. My only question, Bruce, and people have opinions on this, I'm sure, 312-644-6767. How did that go with Chris Bryant? What was worrying and haggling and hand-wringing over that extra year of control? How did that go with that relationship? Yes, it increases your ability to hold on to a player for longer. 
it also complicates the heck out of a relationship with an organization. And it's a bad look when a guy wins a competition, which sports used to be about, but he doesn't get rewarded with an opening day spot in the lineup. I, I just, it's very disappointing. Nico Horner had a good spring. He had a 400 OBP. He opened his stance. He was a better hitter. He's, he had 13 hits, the second most on the team. He was a finalist for the Gold Glove in 2020. This is what he gets? I just think it's a bad look. It is a bad look, but it's roster construction at its very worst and very best because this is available to the teams to be able to protect an extra year of contract control for a uh, player. It's not the, it's not the, the fault of uh, Tom Ricketts. It's not the fault of... Jed Hoyer. It's the system that tells you we have a good young player coming along. If we hold him back for a month or 36 games, we get control of him for an extra year. And you can argue up and back how that worked out with Chris Bryant. Now, uh, initially, it caused a riff. It might have cost the Cubs a couple of games and some uh, being able to be maybe the winner of that division rather than the wild card winner. In 2015, nonetheless, uh, it it presents a situation right now where Chris Bryant is with the Cubs in 2021, mm-hmm. when normally he would have already been a free agent and uh, gone somewhere else. So you can argue it up and back as to the the, the good and the bad of it. Uh, I think it's. I will agree with you with one thing, David. It's a bummer on a team when a young player does everything that you ask him to do in the offseason by uh, coming into Chicago, gaining strength, gaining ability to have more slug in his performance, uh, going to spring training, proving it, and then going to the minor leagues. That's a bummer for a team, okay? That's that's a a general bad look. But uh, in reality, uh, it's available to the Cubs. Uh, Sogard was a late addition, has done very well there. They like Vargas as a backup initially. So with all of that, uh, you have the situation right now where Horner is likely to go to the minor leagues, according to this report. And David Bodie uh, also is in the mix, and he has had a good spring, Bruce. There's nobody really is going to question the depth at the position that has emerged because Sogard has been good and Vargas is acceptable as an option. And all those things are are true at the same time. You draft a player in the first round, you develop him to the point where he contributes. Was he rushed to the majors by Joe Madden perhaps? Yeah, out of necessity, but you were in win now mode at that moment. And now you're in, you know, let's protect our assets and look seven years down the road or six years down the road. And I get it. But for every point that you make that makes sense and is logical and easy to defend about Nico Horner, I would offer you the example of Andrew Vaughn and the White Sox across town. You know, it looks like Andrew Vaughn is going to be a big part of the White Sox from day one, from opening day, five days away. So why are they taking a more aggressive approach to winning now, whereas the Cubs are looking at you know winning later? I just don't understand. I do understand it, I guess, and the frustration in my voice is not necessarily naive misunderstanding of the process or the system or the CBA. It's just a continuation of the frustration over a system that doesn't seem to make any sense when you it's not the best thing for the team and certainly not for the player. Three one two six four four six seven six seven to get in the mix with us here on inside the clubhouse. That's also our text line. 
David, uh, responding to you, I, I would just say that um, they feel that Horner is an unfinished offensive product. He right. hit 222 last year. There was no slug, like you said, and we talked about. He did everything he should in the offseason to get stronger. The slug was there this spring. Uh, the ball was going to the fence. It was going over the fence. Uh, it looked like a different player. So my argument ends at this, okay? I'm going to be wrong by saying it's okay to send him to the minor leagues because in my eyes, and only my eyes, Horner is the best second baseman on the team all around right now, okay? Uh, in their eyes, it's, you know what? Uh, he only has 500 professional at-bats. He could benefit from having a month in the minor leagues, and then we make some roster decisions to bring him up. Fair enough. I, I, I will always disagree with that, but I think, Bruce, you make the good points. That's their defense, and that's going to be the way they can cling to it because of the CBA, and they're allowed to do this, and and that's one of the issues we'll continue to follow. If you have thoughts, share them with us. The other thing overnight, Bruce, um, and it's a it's another business uh, story in, in regard to the Cubs, is that John Heyman, our buddy uh, from MLB Network, is reporting that the Cubs have made a formal offer to Anthony Rizzo in regard to his contract extension. To my knowledge, correct me if I'm wrong, that's the first we have heard about a formal offer being extended to Rizzo. We know he would like to get this settled by opening day. The clock is ticking. The deadline is nearing. What do you think the chances are that this offer will lead to a resolution and Anthony Rizzo will get what we have been hoping to hear from from this conversation, Cub for life? Well, you know, I think Anthony Rizzo is the exception to the rule that at 31, your best years, he's going to be at 32 uh, in August, that your best years are behind you. Because from everything that Anthony Rizzo is to the Cub organization, every major league team dreams of having a player and a person like Anthony Rizzo represent them. So his performance on the field uh, is transcended by the fact that he is such a great Chicagoan, and he is a Chicagoan even though he lives in Miami half the year. Uh, just the uh, all all the charitable things that he does nationally with his uh, foundation and locally here in Chicago, as well as uh, being the uh, bright and cheery face of the Chicago Cubs for the last 10 years. To me, it all transcends whether or not he's going to be in his peak years. I'm usually the guy who says, show me the facts and show me the upside of signing Anthony Rizzo to a four- or five-year extension at an age where he's probably going to start trending down in the next year or so. In this case, I think that what he's meant to Chicago, the Cubs, and the and the uh, and and the just overall view of Rizzo, the face of the Cubs, deserves that contract. So I'm 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 allowing a motion to come into okay. this. Okay, that's uh, tricky, this Bruce. Time. That's tricky. Yeah. You let you yeah, sounding you sounded really sentimental to me this morning. You're sounding like okay, if you were negotiating this contract, you would let a motion creep into the equation in a right. way that isn't always helpful for the team. So if you're looking at Anthony Rizzo's deal and the future, you sound like you would be open to a five-year extension. Is, is, is that too long? Is that in the ballpark? I think it's a little long, but a three-year okay. with a, with a four-year option, four-year right. option, I think is fair, especially if you get the money right. David, consider the fact, now look, Rizzo signed a contract when he was young 
seven years, 41 million turned into a, uh, or, I'm sorry, yeah, it turned into a nine year, $70 million deal, 73 million. He's left over 100 to $125 million on the table by signing that deal early. Yes, he became, uh, you know, he was a rich man right away and he took that contract. Good for him, better for the Cubs because they got the production from a superstar at first base for the last nine years for a rate of about um, $8 million a year. Uh, quite a bargain for the Cubs, good for them. Good for Anthony who got it, but right now, I think the number is the key. Uh, Anthony is saying, look, uh, I did everything I uh, was supposed to do. You, uh, in essence, underpaid me, even though you made me a millionaire. Now pay up. And what is that number for you, David, if well, it's three years with a fourth-year extension? If he's three years with a fourth-year option, remember, Bruce, and I know you know this, but contract extensions aren't gold watches. They aren't rewards for a job well done. Ideally, contracts are about projections, and they're to pay you for what you are potentially going to do for a team rather than what you have done. It gets cloudy. It gets very, very complicated. It gets sentimental, and I think that's what is complicating probably the projections with this uh, contract with Anthony Rizzo. But three years with a four-year option, he's not going to take a pay cut. He's making $16.5 million this year. You're talking about the north of $20 million, and I'm sure – I'm not sure. I don't know this to be true, but my guess is he would be asking for a raise in that in that ballpark, in that neighborhood. So you're talking about a potential package, if you're talking four years, around $80 million plus. That's a big investment for a 31-year-old first baseman. At the same time, I don't disagree with you. I think at some point in time, you've got to start with with this this series of contract negotiations and you've got to get one done. Anthony Rizzo, then Javi Baez, and then see where you are with Chris Bryant. And I think it starts before opening day. Get it done with Rizzo. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable place to start. It's an interesting dynamic because if you look at, uh, like you said, David, and, and it's a very practical and reasonable thought that uh, you pay the guy for what you think he's going to do. That has changed in sports, in particular in baseball. It used to be you give us your best six years and then we reward you with a long-term contract, but you're 30, 31, 32 in general at that point, and your best years may be behind you. So that's changed now. You look at the Fernando Tatis signing. Here's a guy that's played less than 150 games, and he's got $340 million banked. Uh, already, okay. So you're mm -hmm. you're projecting what he will do on the great, very great potential of Fernando Tatis in the in the situation with uh, Rizzo, as you said, you know, emotionally attached. It sounds like I am. I think Chicagoans are. I don't know that Mr. Ricketts and Jed Hoyer are, but I know uh, that the franchise needs to probably reward a player who's been everything and more to that team for the last 10 years. Great point. And I think that likely uh, the hope is it will get done before Thursday. The hope is that, you know, the Cubs can begin the season without some of these business issues uh, hovering uh, as a distraction, potentially. I don't think it will be the case, but well, let's just close the loop on some of these business uh, related decisions that the Cubs were face. Adbert Azulay, Bruce, the other night, looked really strong and sharp against the defending World Series uh, champion Dodgers. He's got a fourth option because of a ruling in the last two weeks. Do you think the Cubs 
will take advantage of that in terms of having him start the season at the alternate site rather than on the major league roster because he was granted that option and other players can step in uh, in his uh, in his spot. You know, again, uh, there there's the idea of uh, do you believe minor, the the spring training, David, is time to earn jobs? You know, in the case of Horner, that's not going to work out. If it's the case again it, with um, Alzale, it doesn't work out. What what does that do for your organization? What does that do for the morale of your team going forward? Right. It might be the best business move, but it might not be the best move as far as team morale goes. Is that important to you? Is that important to the players? Uh, I think, you know, in, in the situation, Shelby Miller, uh, you know, signed 30-year-old pitcher, had a great potential, kind of, uh, you know, met some um, injuries, and he is has performed well uh, with the Cubs this spring training. He is going to pitch tonight and start the game uh, tonight in uh, in Arizona. Uh, if he gets stretched out, um, you might go with the combination of Mills and Miller to start mm-hmm. the season and start your AAA team or your alternate site with Alzale to get stretched out. Uh, because of that option, so these are these are interesting parts of uh, the end of spring training and the the makeup of a team and how a team is impacted by younger guys making it or not making it because of contract and option situations. Bruce, let's go out to the score listener line powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit betql.com. That's where we find Paul in Valparaiso. Good morning, Paul. How are you this morning? Good morning, guys. Great show, David. I'm going to continue to call you on this as you as you either fully say it or kind of just beat around the bushes that Ricketts is being cheap. Nico Horner, Bruce just said, batted 222 last year. They okay. everyone's admitted that they rushed him up because Baez got hurt the year before. So there are reasons behind it, and also you know we've also talked about so much that spring training doesn't matter. It's it's just getting ready. Spring training numbers can be inflated. So I think they have every right to send him down, especially when they brought a guy like Sogard in the mix who they've tried to get in the past. He's not a great answer, but Nico Horner can use some time. But then now, now Rizzo, they're spending too much money on Rizzo. So what should Rizzo, what should Ricketts do? Spend money or not spend money? What's what's the great David Hall? I didn't say he was spending too much money on on Rizzo. I said that you have to be careful not to view contract renegotiations as as retirement gifts and pre-retirement gifts. That I think that you can you can reward Anthony Rizzo fairly, and and everybody understands that. And and I'm not calling Tom Ricketts cheap necessarily, and and this being a cheap move, but it is driven by a business decision. It's not about baseball. It's about business. And Nico Horner earned the right to be on this opening day roster. And sports are about competition. And he won it, Paul. I I, I just think that that's all I'm saying is that if you're going to have a competition and call it open, when somebody wins it, you reward them with the spot. And they're not, they're not going to reward them with the spot if the reports are true. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and thanks for your call, Paul. Uh, yeah, thanks, Paul. It's, 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 it's good conversation, David, because – Again, is the morale of your team important or are the practical parts of the economics and the veteran players that you either have to sign or release in the case of Sogard and Vargas, uh, is that, does that transcend the idea that you still have control of Nico Horner and what you can do with him? 
Absolutely, Bruce. That's a good conversation. We will get back to the Cubs talk uh, throughout the program. We are here until 11 o'clock, but when we come back, there was another pretty big story in Chicago baseball this week. It involved Eloy Jimenez and the implications of the injury that will put him out of action for the next five to six months. Join us, 312-644-6767 Bruce Levine. I'm David Haw inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Today was a big, uh, obviously the test. I've been I've been off a mound once in the last nine days, so that was uh, that was one of the ones that I really had to try. And today was the one that I really had to focus on. Luckily, I, I think it may have actually helped, to be honest, because the more I played catch with screaming pain in my in my in my lower abdomen, um, the more I made sure to make sure my mechanics were the right way, so I didn't get any bad habits. So playing catch. Doing all that stuff, uh, luckily it wasn't too bad. The time I got off a mound, I actually felt like the ball had a little bit more life to it, so I don't know what the, what that was or anything like that. But obviously um, now she's building that arm strength back up a little bit because I wasn't able to long toss my normal program. And so the velo was down a couple today, but nothing to write home about. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the velo is, as long as I'm getting swings and misses. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse here on 670 The Score. Bruce Devine, I'm David Hawes until 11 o'clock. That was the voice of Liam Hendricks, the White Sox closer. They got good health news from Liam Hendricks this week. He overcame kidney stones and went back on the mound. The, it maybe uh, was lost in the conversation and the news that was bad. And that was everybody's concern when you're a Sox fan this week. Obviously, everyone has seen the video by now. Everyone knows what happened. Bruce Eloy Jimenez torn pectoral tendon 
out five to six months, number one. How does that adjust your, your expectations for this White Sox season? I think that's the question that everybody has to reassess. And number two, how do you feel about Andrew Vaughn, uh, a, a first baseman designated hitter who's never played above Class A, possibly becoming your opening day left fielder? Well, uh, it had, it, it's an intriguing story. Um, this isn't uh, the uh, South Shore Little League, though. Um, I don't think you just put a guy in right field <laughs> and say, uh, hey, you know, uh, let's let's just put somebody out there. Uh, we know he hasn't played, but, you know, probably no one's going to hit the ball there, right? So uh, well, we need his bat in the lineup because the guy can hit. And uh, I, I just... I just find it interesting from the perspective of repetition that baseball and, you know, being able to play positions is all about uh, repetition and comfortability for you and your teammates around you to, to go out there and play the position without fear that you're going to get run over by um, a Luis Robert or you're going to run over, over, run over him. So there's still danger in, in putting an inexperienced infielder DH in a left field. I understand the um, concept of far, as far as getting him in the lineup and having other options at DH where Vaughn was going to start the season. But uh, just uh, putting a guy in a position in the major leagues is a scary premise to me. Okay, Bruce, I respect that. And, and I think the White Sox do have other options potentially. Adam Engel is out with a hamstring injury. It'll be a few more weeks before we see him. Larry Garcia is versatile and trusted and can play left field. Billy Hamilton is on the roster. You could give him a look and use him in specialized situations. Nick Williams is a guy in camp that you could take a look at. You could make a trade. Yankees might have some activity. You might have some players on the scrap heap. I get that. And, and, and Mully and I have talked about this all week, and he is against the idea as well and put it in similar terms as you did. And I, and I, I respect all those concerns, but I also look at it this way. Number one, Andrew Vaughn's a pretty good athlete for a, a first baseman. For he's young, he's 22. Uh, he's, I think he's just turned 23 or turned 23 later this week. I don't think you're asking him to split the atom in left field. I think you're asking him to catch fly balls, to avoid collisions, to throw to the right cutoff man. I don't think an athlete as polished as he appears to be. I don't think it's an impossible task. I don't think it's a ridiculous challenge or question, especially if he helps make you better all the way around. There will be concerns. There could be problems. But I do think that in a crisis situation, it behooves the White Sox to explore every conceivable solution. And if one alternative is putting a young athlete in left field, then so be it. I think that would make sense to me. Yeah. My question is, why hasn't he been an option up to this point? Didn't have to be. Didn't have to be. Didn't have to be. Well, depth-wise, I think I think he did. So uh, honestly, if, if he was an option in their mind, and again, we're we're going by the premise not of what my mind is, what your mind is, what our great Chicago baseball fans' minds are, but the White Sox minds of well, uh, you know, Eloy's not a great outfielder. We're going to have to get him out of there from time to time. He'll DH. Why not get Vaughn out there this uh, spring and have him play some outfield and see how he can do out there? They did it last year at the alternate site a little bit, not much. Uh-huh. Uh, so, again, 
this is, you know, a second guess on my part because the White Sox are faced with this situation. I don't like being faced with a do or die situation at the end of spring training as far as a, a player changing a position. I just, you know, without having any Fair experience enough. in it. Bruce, it, it just I, have to ask to me, the, it just, I have to ask the obvious so follow-up to your reference. When you say, sure. you know, this was not a situation, it's not the South Shore Little League uh, all-star game. Is this a reference to any of your past experiences being the outfielder? Nobody want nobody. No, I was the the ball hit too in, in the South Shore Little League. I was the uh, good field no hit first baseman. Okay, that was you, that was me. There were no all-star games for me. I was just uh, you know a grunt at first base in uh, Little League. That was it. Uh, I could well, you know field what? like everybody else. You know, I was a I was an all-star fielder and a a two hundred hitter. So. With that in mind, no. But uh, you know, you're you're right about the, the one thing though. The I don't like, I don't like inexperienced players going out to positions, and you know, most people say, oh, it's left field, it's right field. You know, what can happen? We already saw what can happen. You know, we've seen it happen to uh, Eloy. Now, is um, Vaughn a better athlete? Will he hold his ground better? Will he? advance to a, the, the fence in a different manner? Will he go after balls in the alley toward Luis Robert in a different manner? Will there be more of a uh, baseball presence of mine uh, than, than there was for Eloy Jimenez? You hope so, because Eloy had no feel whatsoever for playing the outfield. He had a zest to play. He had a zest to get better. He's one of the top seven or eight hitters in the American League. But as far as him playing left field again, I really doubt that you'll ever see him playing the outfield again for the White Sox. 708 Texer to the Rosen Hyundai text line says that he needs to catch fly balls hit near him and to his right for three weeks before he's ready. I don't know if they have that luxury, but we will continue to talk about the implications of the Eloy Jimenez injury. We have Chris Getz coming in the 10 o'clock hour. Bruce, he'll have plenty to say. But our next guest is John Rooney from the Cardinals broadcaster, former White Sox broadcaster, baseball legend. Uh, And we will talk to him next on Inside the Clubhouse here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score with Bruce Devine. I am David Hawk. Time to go out now to the score hotline presented by the Alpine Ford, Alpine Ford in Melrose Park on North Avenue for APFord.com. Bruce, our special guest, is ready. Longtime great friend and great broadcaster, the voice of St. Louis Cardinal Baseball, along with Mike Shannon, our good friend John Rooney, nice enough to take some time on a Saturday morning to join us. Good morning, John. How's uh, the weather out in Florida today? Morning, John. It's going to be in the 80s today. It's going to be nice and sticky out there. Great day to play a spring training game as we wind things down here in the Grapefruit League. Johnny, uh, when you look at the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, the additions uh, to their team, the the huge addition of Arenado, and the hope that the young pitching uh, coming along to the point of being the best in the division – where do the Cardinals stand at this point in spring training? Let's start with injuries and how that's impacted the team. Well, it has impacted the starting rotation. Miles Michaelis won't open the season in the rotation. And there's a chance that uh, Cam, our left-handed pitcher, who uh, was so good at times last year, he, uh, he 
ever start. We'll see tonight. He's going to pitch two or three innings tonight following Jack Flaherty. Flaherty has the opening day assignment uh, against uh, the Reds. And Adam Wainwright has been absolutely the best pitcher the Cardinals have had in spring training. And he was the Cardinals' best pitcher last year for the regular season. Uh, he looks like he's going on 30 instead of 40. That's crazy, John. I mean, he, he just keeps on uh, continuing to show that kind of consistency you expect at some point it's going to tail off. And yet, he's what a pleasant surprise for the Cardinals. How, how would you describe the Nolan Arenado effect, both on his presence and maybe what it has done to expectations around the Cardinals? Well, Adam Wainwright said it. Uh, he's surprised that uh, Arenado has not been a Cardinal for at least 10 years, the way he's fit in at the clubhouse and the way he came right in. And um, it's like he has been here for a long time. And you had an Arenado to the lineup. You have a gold glove at third, a gold glove at first in Paul Goldschmidt. Now, Colton Wong, a gold glove winner, is a member of the Milwaukee Brewers. But I think Tommy Edmond will do a, a very good job at second base. And Paul DeYoung is a very steady, uh, a very uh, strong contributor at shortstop. So that, that's that's a great infield. But what Arenado's presence does, uh, it, it rejuvenates the fan base for sure. They're so excited about the start of the season on Thursday in Cincinnati and then getting to see Nolan uh, in person as uh, we'll have uh, about uh, 14,000, 15,000 fans in the seats on opening day at Bush Stadium. So uh, there, there are a lot of things pointing in the right direction, and uh, a lot of things started going that direction when Arenado became a Cardinal. John, you you guys uh, lose Harrison Bader for a while with an injury. Uh, the younger outfielders like Carlson, uh, people like that, ready to uh, step in there and be uh, regulars in Major League Baseball right now? Well, I think Carlson's definitely ready to step in, and Tyler O'Neill won a gold glove in left field last year. And he's trying to cut down on his strikeouts. Uh, he struck out a little bit more of the last few games than uh, he had done in his spring games to that point. But uh, he is hitting for power, and uh, so he looks good in left field. And in right field, uh, they have Justin Williams, a left-handed bat. We'll see if he makes the team. Uh, he could see some playing time out there. And uh, John Nogowski, who has uh, done a really good job at first base, he isn't going to see much time at first base because of Goldsmith. But he's played well in the outfield a few times he's been out there and played some outfield uh, in his uh, amateur career. And he, uh, I think he's going to make the ball club. But Bader's injury uh, opened the door for that. Uh, there's some bench positions that uh, are up for grabs. And Jose Rondon, who played a bit for the White Sox, uh, looks pretty good here this spring. And so does the former Pirate Max Moroff, a switch-hitting infielder who can play outfield if he has to. And uh, I think he has a very good chance of making the club. Andrew Kisner has already been announced as the backup to Yadier Molina. And the bullpen looks pretty strong. So the Cardinals like their chances as they'll leave after the game against the Mets on Monday and go to Cincinnati to prepare for the opener on Thursday. Joined by John Rooney, the legendary voice of the Cardinals here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. John, outside of Chicago, uh, we are sort of uh, – we, we we know what we expect from the Cubs. We know what they have done in this offseason and, and, frankly, what they haven't done. What's your perception of the Cubs and what to expect from this team this season? Well, and we don't get to see them because they're down in Arizona, and and we know the moves that they made and, uh, and what they're hoping for from their organization, and uh, we'll see when we see them. That's one of the strange things about spring training where the Cardinals have played against the Nationals and Astros 
and then the New York Mets, and then share the complex with the Miami Marlins. That's all the Cardinals have seen. And they, they will play the Marlins on the first road trip after they go to Cincinnati. And Washington is on the first homestand after Milwaukee comes in. But seeing the other teams in the Central Division uh, is going to be very, very interesting. And seeing other teams outside of the Central Division that uh, we just didn't play last year until the Cardinals faced uh, the San Diego Padres in the postseason out of Petco. And that's the same for baseball. It was We were stuck within the divisions, American and National League, in the shortened season. But uh, it, it will be a lot of fun to see the other clubs and, and how they've come along. And, and all we read, uh, that's all we know right now. And, and the other strange thing about it is when we cover the games, we can't talk to anybody or, or get uh, to the clubhouse or even get within 10 feet to uh, – to see what's going on other than a Zoom press conference. And uh, I hope that loosens up a little bit as we go along, too. I believe 17 years now with the St. Louis Cardinals. Hard to believe after 18 years with the Chicago White Sox starting your career with the Minnesota Twins. And uh, you are, you know, the voice of the Cardinals along with Mike Shannon. And Mike celebrating a uh, special year, 50 years of broadcasting Cardinal baseball this year. What is... uh, St. Louis and the organization have in mind for uh, Mike in this uh, monumentous uh, year for him going into 50 years as a broadcaster? Well, he's going to broadcast about 50 home games, and he will be honored um, throughout the stadium and and with their Cardinal magazine and and with programs uh, within the stadium. And KMOX, our flagship station, is uh, going to be doing a lot of tributes uh, to Mike going through a lot of his highlights and calls over the years. And, and really going back to 1961, uh, it has been uh, you know, Jack Buck. Uh, then he was followed by Mike Shannon and worked with Mike Shannon many of those years. And and uh, that era will come to a close uh, this year. And uh, I've tried to help bridge things a little bit, being around 16 seasons and, and being with Mike. And uh, it's going to be, uh, uh, I guess, a bittersweet moment in, in many respects. But the, the team plans to honor Mike and do it right. And then he'll be a part of the club uh, in future years uh, as a Cardinal ambassador. And Al Roboski is in that role right now. And Ozzie Smith and uh, others. And Mike will join those ranks. And, and uh, so he'll be around the ballpark and he'll be around the team. And uh, they're going to celebrate it and do it right, Bruce. John, I want to get your perspective on, on a story on the other side of town here in Chicago. The White Sox went through this week a really difficult period with Aloy Jimenez going down for five to six months with an injury. Everybody's aware of the expectation level uh, on the south side. They've talked in terms of a World Series. Tony LaRusa has been down this road before, reporting to spring training, having an injury that looks like it changes the course of your season. It was 2011. Adam Wainwright, who you mentioned, is still pitching and pitching quite well. He he had uh, uh, right elbow inflammation. I think he had Tommy John surgery right around little, shortly after spring training started, and those expectations probably were altered at that point in time. Tony LaRusa has been through this before. It didn't hurt the Cardinals in 2011. Certainly that season ended the way everybody wanted it to. What do you remember, if anything, that, uh, about how LaRusa handled that crisis and, and uh, the situation the White Sox find themselves in now? Well, they'll handle this one just the way he handled that one back in 2011. Uh, you definitely play the games with who you have, and that'll be the message through the clubhouse. And, and he feels that ball club is good enough to go out there to compete for a division title and then take a, a pretty good run in October. 
So I know Tony will get that message across, and uh, and he, he will show that confidence. Uh, and I think he's going to do a fine job with the White Sox. He's a Hall of Fame manager, but he, he is baseball inside and out. And uh, I, I think he'll be able to smooth over some of that. Uh, having that presence in the lineup, they, they have a, a, a big hole to fill there, but they do have a lot of talent. I remember when Frank Thomas went down, uh, he had uh, several foot problems that, that took him out uh, for a, a year or a considerable time. Uh, the White Sox went to get Jose Canseco. Now, Canseco wasn't the same guy he was when he was teamed up with McGuire and, and the Oakland A's, but he was still a, a big league bat. And there are big league bats the White Sox have, so they'll, they'll compete. I think they'll be all right, but uh, Tony won't waver on that. We're going to play with who we have, and we're going to place confidence in who uh, they have in the clubhouse. That's the way he's always done it. John, in closing with you, and again, uh, David and I really appreciate your time today. Look forward to someday where we can uh, meet up again in a press box and go out and have a meal when you come into town or me go to St. Louis. Um, Mike, I'm a big fan of Mike Schilt, your manager. Uh, just seems like a really steady guy and, a, and an interesting guy to talk to and converse with uh, when I've had the opportunity. What is his influence and uh, what is his effect on the St. Louis Cardinals? Well, he's the steadying uh, force there within the clubhouse, and he relies on all of his coaches. He gets input from everybody before he makes the final decision. And he uh, is so good at communicating with his players and and uh, just uh, staying uh, ahead of, uh, of what uh, he needs to do in the clubhouse to get ready to uh, put a team on the field every day to compete. Uh, he's so uh, good at, at listening. I think that's his, uh, his best trait. And he is uh, so smart to uh, put all that together and then make a decision. But uh, he gets a whole lot of input, and his coaches have uh, a whole lot of responsibility when it comes to uh, being on that staff with Mike Schilt. And uh, he's just a good guy on top of it, Bruce. Um, I I like Mike the first day I met him when he was still managing uh, in double-A, having success at Springfield, ready to take over at triple-A. And he was ready for this job when he got it. Quickly, John, before we let you go, how are the Cardinals handling the fan situation and welcoming him back to the ballpark, and how forward are you looking to that? Oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to anything but can crowd noise. Um, <laughs> we needed that to have some kind of backdrop. Uh, definitely had to have that last year uh, to make it sound like a, a baseball broadcast on the air, but to have uh, about uh, 14,000, 15,000 uh, in the ballpark, 32% capacity, I think, is what uh, – we'll have on opening day with the Brewers on the 8th. And uh, we hope that gets bigger. I see Texas is going 100%. So I can't wait till we get back to that day. Thanks for your time, John. Have a great season and and appreciate uh, you taking a a few minutes for us this morning. Well, David, good to be with you. And always, Bruce, uh, I can't wait till we can get together again as well. Yeah, take care, John. Thanks much. John Rooney, the legendary broadcaster and voice of the Cardinals who – White Sox fans will remember fondly. Bruce, he did the White Sox in 2005, and they won the World Series. Then he went to St. Louis and did the Cardinals in 2006, and they won the World Series. I don't think a broadcaster's ever had back-to-back seasons having two World Series championships. To Not, to, not uh, after having been traded. <laughs> not so bad. That's a nice, nice that's a, for that's a That's a win-win uh, there for sure. And, uh, John, uh, one of these days, just like Pat Hughes uh, – John will be uh, honored at the Hall of Fame for being one of the great broadcasters. 
of the last 35 years. Both him and Pat deserve it uh, so much. And uh, no doubt about that. I, I hope we That's see it call. pretty soon. Yep. We will agree on that one, Bruce. We haven't agreed on everything, but I do agree <laughs> with you on that opinion. And we've got a plenty more to disagree about or at least to discuss. In the second hour, we have more Aloy Jimenez talk. We have more about Nico Horner. We have more of your opinions, 312-644-6767. Chris Getz coming up at 1020. Stay with us. We'll even have our predictions for the American and National League MVP and Cy Young and maybe even who might win the respective pennants here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.